Sometimes finding those friendships as we grow up, as we switch careers, as we go off on our own path is really, really hard. But it's like, hey, I'm going to fall apart right now and you're either going to be there or you're going to run in the opposite direction. Mm -hmm. And we've all had people like that who we open up to and they are gone. And then you're like, I don't ever want to do that again. When I was growing up, I was always told that I was too much to handle. I was too loud, too opinionated, too demanding, just plain too much. Now, as an adult, I celebrate these qualities within myself and within the women I know. This is a call to action. This is a space to own your too muchness. This is too much to handle. I'm Hannah Cranston, the host of Too Much to Handle, where we talk about the amazing, the raw, the ugly, the painfully funny, and just plain real truth behind being a woman in your 20s and 30s. These are the conversations you're already having behind closed doors about everything from sex and dating, career pros and woes, to body issues. And we're just airing them. They might be too much to handle, but that's what we like. And today I am going to be way too much with Jen Glantz, who is the author of the book, When You Least Expect It, the CEO of Bridesmaids for Hire, an actual bridesmaid to an actual bridesmaid for hire herself, the host of the podcast, You're Not Getting Any Younger, and the woman behind the blog, The Things I Learned From. Hi, Jen. That was the longest resume ever. Seriously, thank you for saying all those things flawlessly because it is like a tongue twister to get through. It's crazy. Also, thank you for being an all-around badass who's doing all these things. Oh my God, thank you. I'm so excited to be here. It's so great to meet you in person. I know. I've been following you and just like fangirling out now. Um, I'm so excited to have you here and I'm so excited for the discussion we're going to get into. But before we do that, I want you guys to take a quick screenshot of this episode and then post it to your stories and be sure to tag me at Hannah Cranston and Jen at, do you want to give your handle? Yes, at Jen Glance. Easy peasy. So that we can repost the stories uh, on our stories and also be sure to give a review because that is life for us in the podcast world. And I'll be giving shout outs every week. So the review of the week this week is from Kiana Sani who says, I love listening to this podcast each week as I always feel a little better about myself after each episode. From body positivity to being unapologetically yourself, whenever I catch myself feeling negative toward myself, I refer back to the conversations on this podcast and I feel so empowered. Thanks for sharing your thoughts with us each week. Oh Oh my God, I just got the chills. Kiana, this is my goal. I can die a happy woman now. I love, I mean, seriously, it sums up this podcast in a nutshell. And it also is like the best possible way of getting more people to care about this awesome show. That's why reviews matter so much to podcasters. Yeah, I think people don't realize like how important they are. Um, One, for my uh, self-confidence. Yes, (laughs) of course. (laughs) And two, for the success of the show. So thank you so much for Kiana and for all of you that are leaving reviews. Okay, Jen, we have, I I don't even want to like small talk with you because we have so much to get into. Um, I want to talk about all the things that you're doing because you lead such an interesting life. You don't have a home. 
You have 40,000 businesses. Uh, You're wearing glitter shoes. There's so (laughs) much going on. But I think obviously the question on everyone's mind after reading your intro is how the heck do you become a bridesmaid for hire? What does that mean? Break it down. It is a good question. So in my early 20s, all of my friends, I am so serious, all of them got engaged. Mm. And there was one night where two people, and these are the kind of friends who you hardly speak to, but then they just pop out of nowhere when they need something. Mm. Like two Mm -hmm. of those friends called me on the same night and asked me to be a bridesmaid. And I came home, I told my roommate, I was like, Carrie, what the heck is happening? Like, I'm barely friends with them. And she's like, Jen, you're a professional bridesmaid. Like you're good at this. You've done it so many times and now everyone just wants you. And this light bulb went off in my head and I thought if I could be a bridesmaid for these complete practical strangers of friends, maybe I could do it for real strangers. And Mm -hmm. I know that it sounded like a crazy idea, but I was feeling really low about myself and also semi-bored. So I didn't tell anybody. I went on craigslist.com. I opened up a new ad and I posted- The site of all business. The site that my mom is like, never go on. (laughs) I went there. I posted an ad offering my services as a bridesmaid for hire to strangers. I wrote up what I would do for them. I posted it and I got hundreds of responses in my inbox that night from people who wanted to hire me. Wow. Yeah. It was a complete semi-accident. Like I of course hoped that would happen, but never thought it would because it was a crazy idea, but it turned out the world needed it. Yeah. That is so interesting. I mean, uh, so I've never actually been a bridesmaid myself. That's a lie. I was uh, my grandmother's maid of honor when wow. she remarried, but like, I think I was like eight or something yeah. like that. Um, but I've never been a bridesmaid as an adult. None of my friends are really getting married yet. But from my understanding, it's hard work. Like it requires a lot of time. It requires money. It's yeah. stressful. It is a lot. Like I think a lot of the problem is most women are bridesmaids in their early twenties when they're just starting out in the career, their dating life is a mess. They don't have a ton of money and yet they're required to do so much for the bride, but they have no idea where to start. Like when mm-hmm. I was a bridesmaid for my friends, I watched so many relationships get damaged mm-hmm. because brides expect so much. And the friend is just trying to be a good friend, but cannot meet those expectations. And there's such a big issue between those two roles that I think brides and bridesmaids look at this service and they're like, okay, I understand. I completely get it. It's not that crazy. Okay. So you post this on Craigslist, this quote unquote crazy idea, and you get hundreds of hundreds of responses, what happens next? I read through all of them completely in shock. And I said to myself, let's do this. I found a couple people. I wrote back to them and I said, hey, you know, you can hire me. And the first person who agreed was a woman named Ashley from Maple Grove, Minnesota. Mm. She had just fired her best friend who was her maid of honor because- Fired her best friend. Which is a thing in the real world. Like I've seen it happen because it's just, it's just hard. And she was getting married in a month and she needed someone to be there for her. So I said, okay, I will. And very long story short, a month later, I got on an airplane, flew to Minnesota, Minnesota, stood in her wedding as a bridesmaid in the bridesmaid dress, walked down the aisle, danced with all of her family members, gave a speech. And on the plane ride home, I said, you are doing this as a job. And that is how Bridesmaid for Hire started. And since then, I've worked hundreds of these same weddings. Wow, that is wild. Okay, so 
for every wedding, do you, how does it work? Do you walk down the aisle? Do you give a speech? Are there, I, I noticed on your website, there's different packages. Yeah. So ma- the majority of the time, what happens is I have a fake story. The bride mm. hires me. They say, you're not Jen Glantz. You are Jen Smith, Jen Cohen, <gasps> Jen whatever. And I know you from high school, from art school, from this place, from that place. And that's my story. So when I show up, I pretend to be that person. I wear the dress. I walk down the aisle. I am that person's best friend for the day. And mm. then just like Cinderella at midnight, I run out the door, I ghost, and I take off my hair, my makeup, and I become Jen Glance again and live my life. So sometimes I work two or three weddings a weekend and I am three different people that weekend. How do you remember the story? It is so hard. I have flashcards <laughs> on the way there. I'm like, okay, you grew up on this street. You were into this, you were into that. But honestly, what I've learned about people, and I'm sure you've learned this too, is that most people just want to talk about themselves. So mm-hmm. when you go to a wedding and they're like, how do you know the bride? I'm like, yoga class, how do you know the bride? And then mm-hmm. they never question you again. That is so interesting. Okay. So you offer different services. What are those different services? How does that work? A lot of what I do is for the bride. So Mm -hmm. I'm there as the hired bridesmaid, or I also offer wedding coaching services because lots of brides don't physically need someone there, but their friends just don't want to pick up the phone and talk to them about all their wedding problems. Mm -hmm. I get that. I'm there Mm -hmm. for that. Then on the maid of honor side, I write maid of honor speeches. I plan bachelorette parties. I do all of these things for the maid of honor without the bride ever knowing. Because as a maid of honor, like you might not be a good writer, but you have Mm -hmm. to give the most incredible speech of your life. Mm -hmm. And that's sort of where I come in to help them. Oh my God. I love that. That's such a good idea. I've told, um, my sister's going to hate me for saying this, but obviously my sister is going to be my maid of honor, but I've told her when I get married at some undisclosed date in the future to whomever, um, I don't want her to like plan the bachelorette party because she wants to do <laughs> penises everywhere. And that's right. so not me. Oh, for sure. <laughs> I just want to do like hiking and a yes. spa day. Right. But I was like, well, you're fired from that part. I'm going to ask somebody else but to, that's what happens. to is celeb like, shot that. The bridesmaids <laughs> will plan the day that the bride shows up and she's like mortified, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's sort of where my service comes in to help. What I think is really interesting is that you on Craigslist received hundreds of replies that night, which means that women were searching for that. It's not like Craigslist just like sends you an email anytime somebody posts something. It means that women were looking for this. Women needed this. Yeah. What do you think is the biggest need that you see women having that lead them to your service? You know, a lot of times when I first started this, people in my life, people would come up to me and be like, what are you doing? Like, this is some kind of joke. And I was like, no, it's not. It's a real thing that's missing in a lot of women's life is a support system. Mm. For a lot of us, the women in our life are the friends from college, the friends from high school, but sometimes we grow out of them or they grow out of us. And then here we are on this day that's branded as the most important day of your life when, and then you're all alone and you don't know what to do. And a lot of the reasons why people hire me, people hire me who have eight best friends. Mm -hmm. People hire me who have zero friends, but the same underlying reason is they just want someone to support them. Mm. And oftentimes the best people in the world to support you are complete strangers. Yeah, I think that's really interesting because I think like, frankly, when I first read about it, um, and I'm sure for a lot of people listening who are um, hearing about it for the first time, like, oh my God, I could never do that. Like I have so many friends. Why I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily do that. But when I hear you talking about it now, it's essentially 
hiring a therapist slash wedding planner who can just be there for you. A third party who you can vent to, who will hold your dress up when you need to pee and all of that stuff. Yeah. And it's also like somebody who also cares about your wedding because that's a huge thing. Like Mm. when you're engaged, all you talk about is your wedding and that's okay. It is your life, but your friends don't want to hear it. And also (laughs) they don't know what to tell you when you're complaining over all these like, oh, my my mother-in-law is horrible. They don't know what to tell you, but I've heard that scenario a hundred plus times. So I know how to approach it a little bit better, but that is all people want in this world, whether you're getting married or not, is somebody to listen to you. Yeah. And I think that's so important in women friendships is meeting people who will genuinely do that. And it's hard. It's really hard. Yeah. I think it's, it's hard to develop those relationships. And I think it's hard also as we get more into our twenties or thirties, it's harder to make those friendships. For sure. You know, making any sort of friendship, making female friendships is so difficult, especially ones where you can implicitly trust that person to completely and fully have your back. Because I wonder if the problem is, you know, the bonds that women have and being able to trust one another and depend on one another a thousand percent, because that's what you really need on your wedding day. Or is the problem with the wedding industry? I, you know, I think it's both. Like, I think Mm -hmm. there's a whole situation in the wedding industry, but then I think in general, it's a growing up thing. Like I know that I split from a lot of my close friends from college because they all got married, had kids by 26. And Mm -hmm. I was on a whole other game plan of not. And that alone made our friendship sort of crumble in the way that we had nothing in common. So when I came to them with my problems, they were like, those are not problems. We have screaming babies, you Mm -hmm. know, and problems are relative, but I do Mm -hmm. think for, for you to really get your problem solved, you need to talk to somebody who's in a similar position in life. And I think in general, sometimes finding those friendships as we grow up, as we switch careers, as we go off on our own path is really, really hard. And I think it's hard because a lot of women are scared to be vulnerable in new friendships because we're so expected to be so fun and so cool and just always there. And always put together. Always put together, but it's like, hey, I'm going to fall apart right now. And you're either going to be there or you're going to run in the opposite direction. Mm -hmm. And we've all had people like that who we open up to and they are gone. And then you're like, I don't ever want to do that again. Yeah. You know, and that's sort of scary too. So after you sort of, uh, I guess, broke from your friends from college who are on a different life path from you, how have you built or have you built the friendships uh, in your later 20s? You know, I think that just like dating, you meet the most incredible people when you stop trying. And I move around a lot, but one of the coolest people I've met who's become one of my best friends, I met in a workout class. Mm. And it was so crazy because I went to the workout class. I was actually like not in the mood to work out. You know, when you just go, but you know, you're not going to do anything. You mean every morning? Yes, exactly. Yeah. So like that was one of my, you know, just, just I, I walked out early and I just like sat outside and was whatever. And she came out and we were talking and a year later, we're still like really good friends. So I think it's interesting because you just sort of have to be so open to talking to everybody and Mm -hmm. giving people a chance. Mm -hmm. Because when you're upper 20s, 30s, and you have a job where you don't work with a ton of people or, you know, you just move a lot around, it's very hard to meet those really cool people if you don't put yourself out there. Yeah. Yeah. And putting yourself out there in in relationships and making friendships is so important. And it's important in business, obviously. So when you first started your business, um, what did people say? A lot of people in my life were like, 
this is hilarious. Go back to your real job. I was working full time, but the only people I cared about were my parents. You know, Mm. I have like a very Jewish mother and I was very scared. She was going to be like, are you joking? And when she found out, she actually found out because it went viral really fast and was on TV and she saw it on TV and called me and was like, what the heck is going on? And and I told her and she was like, I absolutely love this idea. Ah. And a big, there was two main reasons. Mm. One was that she was happy that I would no longer have to buy my own bridesmaid dresses because mm. they're like $400. And two, at the time I was single and she was really hoping that I would meet the guy <laughs> of my dreams going to all these weddings. What a good Jewish mom. Right. Yeah. So like those were the only two reasons why she was super supportive at first, but mm-hmm. she never was like, this is weird. This is crazy. And that meant the world to me. Yeah. Everybody else in my life was like, I don't get this. And now four and a half years later, I think they're like, oh, okay, I get this. Yeah, sometimes people need that proof of concept, which is frustrating because you want people to just be your cheerleader no matter what. But sometimes people really need to see that tangibility of it to understand and get behind your dreams. I think that's a often a quick filter yeah. for the people that you let in your, in your close-knit circles. Um, have you seen uh, Mike and Dave Need Wedding Dates? I love that movie. Okay, in between that and I love you, man, that is your life. I love it. But here's the thing, like those are so on the guy side of things yeah. and the female side is so different. Like people are like, you have the most glamorous job, you get dressed up and you party. And I'm like, oh my God, no, I don't do either of those things. Like, yeah, I wear the dress and my hair and makeup is done, but by the end of the night, I look like I came out of a battle scene. You know, like I'm... <laughs> I'm dealing with people who are falling apart, brides with cold feet, who are screaming and crying and mothers. And yeah. oh my God, like it is so different working with females. And I think it is working with, with guys in a wedding situation mm. for some reason, lots of reasons. There's so much more pressure put on the female in weddings than yeah, because the they're supposed to do all the planning. And then they've been told since they came out of the womb right. that this is the whole the day that they were working for their entire lives, right. which is ridiculous that you're working towards a wedding. Beyond. But, and yeah. it's supposed to go perfect. And if yeah. it doesn't, you're going to be judged for life. But your marriage is roamed. But there's like, <laughs> literally, there's no day in your life that's ever perfect. Why would your wedding be different? You yeah. have to go into it knowing like, this could be a train wreck and I'm completely okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good attitude. Did you feel that way about jumping into the business at all? You know, I hate weddings. I've always hated weddings. I've never been the kind of person who planned a wedding. I was never the girl who was like, oh my God, I want this dress and these chairs. Like I I just don't like weddings. Mm -hmm. But the thing was, I like helping strangers in difficult situations. I've always loved that. Mm. So it fit naturally in the sense that what's a more difficult situation than helping someone through their wedding. And that's sort of why I still love this job is because I love the people aspect, the wedding aspect. I think weddings are a little ridiculous. Yeah. I think you spend so much money on eight hours and it's a lot of pressure and you know, they just get out of control. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the American wedding industry is a $53.4 billion business with the average couple in the U.S. spending $35,329 on their big day. That's insane. That is wild. That is a lot of money. That is more more than I made in a year when I first started I was just thinking like that's more money than some people make a year in their life and you're spending it on eight hours. And I don't judge because everyone should do whatever the heck they want. Eight hours if you have a great hotel that gives you a long stay. (laughs) Right? you're lucky. They're like, get out of here at hour six. (laughs) I mean, to each their own, but I I do think the wedding industry has gone a little bit too crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And you saw a a gap in in the, the industry. Yeah. And a need to fulfill 
that gap and and help this like alleviate some yeah. of the craziness. Um, I, I guess you know when you're sort of when you jumped when you made that leap. How far into your uh, bridesmaids for hire did you quit your job? So I was doing bridesmaid for hire for about a year and a half mm-hmm. and I would take every opportunity I could during the day to do my business. Mm-hmm. So I worked full time at a tech startup, but I woke up at 5 a.m. and worked on my business. Lunchtime worked on my business. After work, all that. Weekends, I was flying across the country back and I never complained. I mm-hmm. lived a double life. I would mm-hmm. go to work. I would never talk about bridesmaid for hire. I would do what I had to do and I did it well. And then one day I got laid off. Mm-hmm. My company was going under. They laid off 40 people. I was number one to go. And I walked out of the door and I remember thinking to myself, you are never going back inside another company again. You are going to make this work for yourself because I had worked so freaking hard. I gave my heart and soul and here I was being completely let go. And it was, it was good timing. It was the right move, but it was so heartbreaking that you give so much to a company and you're just a number. Yeah. And I remember thinking never going to happen again. You will do whatever you have to do to make your life work without working for somebody else. So I love that. And I think that motivation and and sort of that mentality is what helps people succeed when they're working on their own. Um, For people who don't necessarily have that kick in the butt, because essentially you just got a a little head start. Yeah. You know, they not not a a wanted one necessarily, but one that you probably needed. You know, who knows how long you would have stayed. Exactly. Um, And and maybe you didn't have like the same motivation if you didn't have to, you know. So for people that are listening to this who may have you know, a crazy business idea or they want to pursue a wild dream and they're worried about, you know, what will people think and if they don't want to leave their stable job and, you know, all of those fears that arise when we want to live our, yeah. you know, live our best life and, and go for our full potential. What sort of advice can you give them to move past that? Start now. Start right the second. Do not wait. You'll never be ready enough, rich enough, pretty enough, successful enough to do it. You have to start right now and start with baby steps. Like when you look at a to-do list and it's like, start a business, make a website, do all these crazy things, you will do nothing. You have to break up each task into tiny little steps and then every day take those steps. I'm not a believer in quitting your job for a side hustle. Mm -hmm. I'm a believer in making them both work for as long as you can and then running off to do your side hustle when you've built it up and you can fulfill the rest of your income with part-time jobs. But I do think that if you're not happy where you are in life with your job, and you don't want to start your own business, leave, find a new job. Because the thing is we give so much to our jobs and Mm -hmm. we get nothing in return. And even if you've been doing the same career for 15 plus years, you can always change careers to something else. Please, please, please never feel stuck in this world. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, I love that. That is such good advice. You know, what's interesting is I wonder if uh, people who give to their jobs and you say they don't feel like they don't get anything in return. Yeah. Like I feel like I get a lot in return for my job. Do you feel that way? I totally no? do. Yeah. Cause yeah. Like, I wonder if that's an entrepreneurial But I benefit. think, I think, and here's the difference is there's that saying like, if you love what you do, it doesn't feel like work. Mm-hmm. Oh no. It no. feels like work. <laughs> and there are days when I wake up and I'm like, this is too much work. And <laughs> yes. this is crazy, Jen. And like, you are, you know, this is just a weird life. So I think people need to realize that you can't, you can't, 
get rid of hard work. You know, mm-hmm. you're not going to ever love any job every single day. You're not going to- Or every f- single aspect of it. Right. You're not going to feel fulfilled every single moment. Like there's some days where I have to do my taxes and I have to do really boring stuff yeah. and it's not fun. But I think if after the month you still don't feel fulfilled or after six months, there's something missing, yeah. you know? So I think you need to be honest about that. And people are like, I love my job. It's great. Everybody has things they don't like. So there's never a perfect job, but there should be a job for you where you get excited to go to work mm-hmm. most days, mm-hmm. most days. And that that sort of concept of, you know, figuring out what's right for you and, and pursuing your passion is sort of the, uh, I guess, the, it, like the start of your podcast. Yeah. Um, so your podcast is called I'm not going to lie. This title stresses me out. Oh, it's no. called, it's called, you're not getting any younger, which <laughs> I know, but it's the truth. can somebody get me a paper bag? Um, but you, but just like, I love the title. I get it. And it, it's very, it makes sense. Yeah. Right. You get, you know exactly what the podcast is about yes. from the podcast title. So I love it. Um, even though it's giving me anxiety, but you really do try to inspire women to just go for their goals, to find, you know, uh, the passions in their life and to really just make the leap and know their self-worth, which yeah. is something obviously I'm very passionate about. So what is, do you think, cause we have a lot of women that lis- listen to this podcast. What do you think is the one thing that you see that holds women back from doing those things? Themselves. Mm. What are you saying to yourself? Unpack that, yeah. And I'm and I'm not I'm guilty of that completely. Like you can look at my resume and be like, she's done so much. No. I wake up in the morning sometimes and I'm like, Jen, you're not good enough to do this right now. And yeah, you got this opportunity, but you don't really deserve it. And you know, you're gonna fail at this. What exactly are you saying in your head? Start saying it out loud. Start saying it to other people because you gotta put an end to it. I think that we as women, especially, we're so mean to ourselves. Mm -hmm. And I think it's time that we start to really figure out what we can do to be a little bit nicer because we are so holding ourselves back. Yeah. And a lot of that is imposter syndrome. A lot of that is confidence. A lot of that is just us not feeling worthy of these new, exciting and crazy opportunities. But then years pass and then we have kids or we have a family or we have something that holds us back even more and it's never too late, but it does get more complicated. That is why it's so important to start now completely, no matter where you are in your world. Yeah. Cause you're, you're not getting any younger. You're not, you know, <laughs> and like the days pass by so fast. It's crazy. Yeah. So they have actually realized that, um, your body does not recognize the difference between your beliefs that you have, the thoughts that you have and your reality. Yeah. Your body cannot tell the difference. So if you are telling yourself all the time, that I'm, you know, not thin enough, that I'm, you know, not pretty enough, that I'm not good enough, that I'm not smart enough, that I'm not talented enough, that I'm not special enough, whatever. That's what your body's going to believe. For sure. And that's what it's going to show to other people. Exactly. You know, you attract what you put out there to the world. Mm -hmm. So if you say like, I'm not going to write this book and I'm not going to start this and I'm not going to quit my job and find the best job ever, you're not. Yeah. You know, so I think a lot of times we search for answers. We search for opportunities. I've always been a big believer and nobody in this world is going to give you anything. Mm -hmm. You have to create it for yourself, which means you have to believe you deserve it. And I am guilty of this. I really have to shake myself up sometimes because I still feel like I don't deserve half the things I'm trying to do. Yeah. And I think that's really important there that I think maybe people listening um, want to hear and want to understand better is like saying, oh, I like myself. Like, that's great. Yeah. You know, that's nice and fun or whatever. And you can have all the self-talk. But the way 
that you speak and the words that you use yeah. have so much power. So okay? much. So even if you and women, we are so guilty of this and I'm not judging because I do it all the time, but we are so guilty of this when we're talking to another woman and she's like, oh, you look so pretty today. Oh, no, I'm not. I'm so tired and I'm so fat and I yes. ate this and I, I I haven't slept in a year and all of that kind of stuff. No, be like, oh, thank you. Take that compliment because the way that you talk about yourself, the words that you use and what you say to others actually impacts what you do. So if you say yes. like, oh no, like I'm I'm too dumb to write a book or I have nothing to, special to share, but in the back of your mind, you're like, but I really want to do it. Right. The words that you use is what is going to happen. It's so true. And I think also complimenting other women helps you get past that. Mm. You know, like I feel like when we're with other women, we want to say something nice to them, but we don't for some reason. Mm. And I have found just the art of giving other people those genuine compliments makes me better at accepting them. Yeah. Because when I meet someone and I give them a compliment and they accept it, I think you are a strong, badass woman. Mm -hmm. And that makes me want to be more like them, you know? So that's another way of just sort of practicing it. But another thing that I, I do sometimes when I have social anxiety in some situations, I will write a list of like 25 things that I know I am a badass at, that I have done, I've accomplished. And if you read that over, there is no way you can feel bad about yourself. That's a good you know? idea. Because you just reminded yourself, like look at everything. And it doesn't have to be big accomplishments. It could be like, I, you know, um, like emailed this person I was scared to email. Or, you know, you did something tiny, but it shows that you did like a huge step, which yeah. is great. Yeah, that's such a good idea. I do that. I don't write it down, but I should because that's a good idea just to like have it in your back pocket. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. Um, I'll do it in the mirror. I'll give myself before big events or like if I have a big meeting or mm -hmm. when I was dating before dates, I'd be like, give myself a pep talk. I'm yes. like, you girl, you got this. Look and at it's you. Great. Look you, at you. But you make yourself laugh. Like right now you're smiling and it's contagious, you know? And if you have that energy, like it's yeah. just so contagious for whoever you're with. Yeah. And it's, it's good for you. And I like what you said about complimenting other women, because I think sometimes we think that somehow like complimenting another woman, or if a woman compliments herself, that that somehow detracts from us, Yes, which makes no sense. No, but I think that we're just so not used to doing that for some yeah. reason, but we think it we've in been our socialized heads. otherwise. It's true, but like I'm with so many people and I think such nice things about them. And then I leave and I'm like, why did you not say anything? Like, yeah. why? That yeah. person would have, you know, someone said a quote the other day that changed my whole mindset is, how can you be the best part of someone's day? Ooh. Like, you know, when you meet someone and you were like, you are just the best part of my whole day. It's yeah. so memorable. Yeah. And just by simply telling somebody like, you're awesome in this way. Like, I love how you did this. You will be the best part of their day. And why wouldn't you want to be that for somebody? Totally, you know? totally, totally. I like, I think it was a year ago. I was in the Whole Foods parking lot oh. after work. And I walked by and this girl didn't know her. She's like, girl, you're rocking that dress and just walked by. And now I, I could like tell you what she looked like. Yes. I could tell you how it made me feel like that. It was over a year ago, but it's that crazy. sticks out so much in my mind because it was so different from yeah. the everyday and the ordinary. And it was just such a bold action of generosity and kindness that yep. really made an imprint on my life. You could be that for somebody else. And it costs nothing. Yeah. Which is like, the best thing in the world because I feel like everyone's constantly trying to sell you something, mm. you know? Like even your real friends on social media are trying to sell you something these days. So it's like <laughs> a compliment like that is just like so pure hearted. Yeah. Well, let's talk about social media yes. for a second because you say that you are only on Instagram for 30 minutes a week. Yes. It's been a game changer. Tell I, me. 
You I know, need to get on this boat. Uh, for the last couple of months, I've been going down a really dark downward spiral with it. Like I find over holiday times, rather than appreciating what I have, even though it's not perfect, I would sit on social media for six hours and scroll and feel so horrible about myself. And then on a daily basis, I would actively go on Instagram and search for people who I knew would make me feel bad about what kind myself. Of fo- what kind of people that are, are you following that you feel like m- make you feel bad about yourself? Because I know for me... It's a lot of like fitspo. Oh man. It's um, people whose whose entire uh, feed looks like it came out of a magazine and they just have the aesthetic and they have the this and the that and the this. And it's just like, oh wait, I have have a dog. (laughs) I got that one, check. (laughs) You know, I have to say, and I don't mean this to be like like so general, but I feel like it's a little bit of everyone. Mm -hmm. You know, like everyone's posting a picture and they're not telling the truth. And you know what? It's also bothers me when a female posts like a beautiful picture of herself and she feels the need to put like a quote or something to downplay it. Like, Mm. why can't she be like, this is me. I feel so beautiful right now. That would be real. What bothers me is like, you post the most beautiful picture of yourself and then you write something that is a lie or not truly how you're feeling because you feel that you can't get away with posting that beautiful selfie and Mm. you absolutely can. So it's things like that. Plus things like people posting just you know, things where you're like, that's not real. That's not true. Everything is not that perfect. And it just got to the point where I was like, this is not real life, but Mm -hmm. this is where I'm spending the majority of my life. And that just sort of plays with you in a really bad way. That's such a good point. Because again, your mind doesn't know the difference between thoughts and reality. And so you can tell yourself like, Instagram's not real. Instagram's not real. But when you're looking at that and that's becoming a part of your reality, that's how your body is going to interpret it. For For sure. sure. Oh yeah. And I've, I've always said this and I get flack every time I say it. So I'm preparing myself for that. But I'm so pro bragging. Yeah. Because I'm so sick of women being like, oh, I, you know, uh, I felt like shit this day, but I'll post this picture anyway. Right. Or like, yeah, I don't know. I ate so many pizza, whatever, whatever women say on these pictures. It's like, no, you are an example for every single other woman that is following your social media. You are an example for younger women who are following your social media. Be like, hell flipping. Yeah. I love my waist. I love my hips. I love my boobs. I love my face. Like tell yourself and tell other people that you love it because that is what is going to shift the narrative. And I respect that. Like I, if you post something and you're proud of it, write that, you know, Mm -hmm. if if you, but people aren't doing that. And what happened was like, I think a year and a half ago, my Instagram was hacked and deleted and I lost, oh my God, it was terrible. I lost. I would have cried. Crying was an understatement. (laughs) I was like, if I go to the hospital right now and tell the doctor I'm like dying from my Instagram being stolen, he'll think I'm crazy, but I got it back, but I lost all 2000 of my pictures. So when I, and it was, it was a learning experience, but when I decided to start reposting, I said, every picture I post, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be honest about the story behind it. I posted a picture of me, a selfie of me eating alone. Mm. And I didn't have to admit that I was eating alone at a restaurant on a Friday night, but I told the story of eating alone. And, you know, and I thought that when I'm getting my Instagram back, this is happening for a reason. And it's to be completely honest with people. You know what's so amazing? I'm I'm sort of collecting these little tidbits as you tell your story in this episode, but it seems like for you, you've really had a a good, you've made a good job of 
like taking when life gave you lemons, getting laid off, getting your Instagram deleted and being like, you know what? I'm going to use this. I'm going to make something amazing out of it. I think you have to. I think one thing I've learned about life is, you know, you can't plan too much for it because the world will shake you up. So you just have to plan to be strong. Mm. You know, like if there's anything that you can start doing now, even if your life is so great and I'm so happy that it is, is it's keep being strong and not just physically strong, but mentally strong and so confident with you and your abilities so that when life does shake you up, because it will at some point that you can just keep going on because that's the most important thing that you can do. You can't stop. You can't. Yeah, and I I think it's, it's hard in the moment. And yes. I think people listening probably like, okay, yeah, that's easy for you to say, you yes. know, but it's so hard in the moment. But I recently took inventory of my last year and I was thinking about all, I was like, oh, last year really kicked my butt. Let me just tell you in yep. so many ways, but with each, like kicking the butt with each closed door within like two weeks, something amazing happened. So it just yeah. made room for it. And so like, Now, in retrospect, I can see that, but it's so hard in the moment to remember that. So if you can look back and be like, oh, wait, I know that something amazing is going to come from this. And I just got to, I just got to sit it out. Yeah. I mean, I've had some like very crazy, devastating things happen to me in my life. And just like what you said, you get a new normal. Mm -hmm. Like I truly believe there's nothing that can happen to you that you can't handle. You adjust your mind, your body adjusts to a new normal and you keep going on. So even if you do feel like you're in a really dark place, Maybe things won't be amazing tomorrow. They will be eventually. That is true. But tomorrow you'll have a new normal. And the next day there'll be even a newer normal. And eventually that'll just be your life and it will be okay. And I don't think people really talk about that. I think when people are in a dark spot, they think like that's just going to be it. But things are constantly changing in your life. So don't feel too stuck no matter where you are. Things are constantly changing. And you get to be that change. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, you know, you can decide to wake up and do something different. You can decide that you want to feel differently about yourself. And it's not like everything's going to happen instantly. Yeah. But if you make, just making that decision is the hardest first step you can make. And then do little things each day to get you to your goal. So whether that be a fitness goal, maybe you walk around the block and then in six months, you're running a mile, whatever it may be you know, use that metaphor. It could be, if you want to write a book, mm-hmm. just write the title one day. I know. That's what I do. I literally will stare at the blank page and call that a step. You know, like that is a step is opening the word doc. Yeah. That's like a huge step. And then the next day it's writing a word. And that is how you write a book. People always email me like, how do you write a book? You just open the page and yeah. then you just see what happens. Have you read um, The War of Art? I don't think so. Oh, you got to read it. It's so good. But um, he talks about how just, you know, taking a few hours to just write, even if it's shit. Yes, yes. Just doing yeah. it is pushing past resistance oh, yeah. and getting over ourselves. For like sure. You, you brought up at the beginning of the podcast um, to work towards yeah. our dreams. Um, Jen, this has been amazing. Thank I think you. people are going to love everything that you have to share and all of your crazy bridesmaid <laughs> antics. Um, I want to ask you five rapid fire questions. Yes. So what is one thing you couldn't live without? Pizza. Oh, that's a good one. Where's your favorite pizza place in LA? Okay, this is so random, but it's like a little mom and pop shop called Rocco's Pizza in Hollywood. It is so good. I can't even explain. And I'm from New York and this is like amazing pizza. Okay, I'm going to write that down. Uh, What drives you? Being stubborn. I want to prove myself right and prove everybody else wrong. Oh, I kind of love that. 
God, I love that. Uh, what keeps you positive? I think just knowing that you have another chance every single day. I know that sounds sort of weird, but you woke up this morning, you have a chance to change whatever's happening in your life. Mm, that's so good. Amber Ray says, um, don't die with your gifts still inside. See, that gives me a little anxiety, but I'm like, I agree. Yeah. I yeah. agree. Got to keep well, going. You know, we're not getting any younger. <laughs> we'll just be anxious. <laughs> what or who inspires you? My dad, I think he's one of the most incredible people. He's shown me how to work hard for everything you ever wanted in life, but he's also shown me what to do when you lose everything. So I think it's very important to have that balance that I've learned from him. Oh, I dig that. And what is your intention for today, tomorrow, or your lifetime? Not to give up. I think that's the best thing that you can commit to yourself. Say it out loud. Don't give up. I promise you, you will complete whatever you want to do if you just stick it out. I love that. Jen, thank you so, so, so much. Tell everybody where they can find you, even though you won't be finding them back on Instagram. <laughs> you can find me at jenglance.com. Follow me on Instagram at jenglance. And when I go on, I will follow you back. And my podcast is called You're Not Getting Any Younger, available wherever you listen to your podcasts. And wait, where can they, if people listen to this and like, hell yeah, I want a bridesmaid. Cool. You can come to bridesmaidforhire.com. Follow us at, at bridesmaidforhire on Instagram and we'll answer any of your bridesmaid or bridal needs. Yeah. And if you want to follow somebody who is not a bridesmaid or getting married anytime soon, you can follow me at Hannah Cranston. Yes. Uh, please be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. Also, please rate and review this podcast. I'll be giving shout outs and reading some of your comments. So be sure to do that. And just a reminder, we'll be coming at you every Wednesday. So buckle up because it's going to be too much to handle. See you next week. Oh!